Hello and welcome to Happy Place. I'm Fern Cotton and this is the show where we chat to people who sound like they've got it all together and then gradually realise they have the same problems as all of us. Today we're heading to the personal studio of best-selling singer-songwriter Andrew John Hosier-Byrne, more commonly known as Hosier. The songs are hard to sing. I'm constantly writing songs and regretting that, I, that I'm writing them because <laughs> they are they're quite you different. Some of them easier. Yeah. Just chill out about that stage performance. Exactly, mm. yeah, exactly. If you're a big fan of his like I am, or even if you've never heard him perform before, you'll get something out of this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And now, here's the show. I'm really looking forward to meeting up with the person that's going to appear on this episode today because I haven't seen him in a very long while. It's someone that I used to interview a lot back in my radio one days um, and someone that I massively admire for his songwriting skill and subjects that he tackles in his music as well. And I'm interested in unpicking how he goes about his work, and also just a bit more about him as a person. Uh, he's called Andrew, but you'll know him as Hosier. Oh, how lovely you. so long. Are you well? Yeah. I was thinking back when I was, like, working out what I was going to talk to you about, and there's loads of things I want to talk to you about today, but um, sort of structuring what we might talk about. And I was thinking, right, when was the first time I heard the word hosier and I remember it so vividly and obviously you know when I was at radio you get bombarded with new music and new people on the block and a lot of excitement and hysteria but I very specifically remember sitting down and um one of the music guys was like see if you like this I think you're gonna like this video mm-hmm. and having that sort of collision of your beautiful soulful voice and that very impactful video that you had for take me to church I was like what is this and those moments are really rare I think when you get a new artist where it's such an impactful first single that was a big statement for you to make with take me to church was Mm. it was it really important that you got the visual completely right and to that sort of extreme level of impact as a new artist it's a bold move yeah I think it was I think because of the theme of the video and what, what it was what it was kind of centred around and what it, what it was dealing with essentially it was very important that it was done right I remember in the, in the few days of it, of it being filmed that was the first video and it was done on a shoestring budget but it was in the hands of a, of a guy called Brendan Canty and Conal Thompson who are uh, of a directing team called Feel Good Lost who are based in Cork in Ireland I remember the first time I saw it I was because you know it, it had all been hypothetical up until that point yeah. and there was what we wanted to achieve with it and I was excited at the concept of it and I thought it was I thought it was going to be a, it could potentially be something that was 
it could mean something to to to, to somebody you know i was an unsigned artist at the time so it was just this might be a nice offering of some of some of some sort and uh, they just asked their friends to be actors in it who are a comedy right? so the actors in it are all part of a comedy they're co- sketch comics like who met in college i think or in <laughs> secondary school and they are like just best mates who also have a kind of a, a, ske- a sketch team online sketch team and um they just did a magnificent job of it. I was quite moved by it the first time I saw it, and I, th- I think they did something very special with it. Um, but it was it was Im- important to me, and because it, even on its delivery, it was like this has to be done right. It has to yeah. have the right tone, etc. And it has to it has to it has to convey convey the right thing the right way. Um, but yeah, for anyone that hasn't seen the video, I mean, millions have. But you've got this gay couple in the video who was sort of hunted down by a homophobic gang. What made you pick that theme? Why did it feel like that fit Take Me to Church and the lyrics and the sort of the expression that you wanted to get across? Yeah, um, there was t- chats about what the video could be about and there was some wonderful imagery that, that Feel Good Lost, the guys had some wonderful uh, visual cues and kind of kind of visual ideas that, they, that we were chatting about um, amongst, amongst the three of us. But at the time in the news, around the time there was a... There was a a group in Russia and there was a lot of anti-gay laws that were being passed Mm. in Russia advocating for uh, or protesting for gay rights in in Russia around the time I think the the Olympics was on the way the Russian Olympics was possibly on the way and there was a there was a an upswing of these attacks uh, by a group that was referring to themselves I don't want to go in too too deep into this but a, a group that were referring to themselves uh, horribly enough, as as occupy paedophilia, they, but they they around the time state media was kind of um, trying to draw an equivalency between things like child abuse and homosexuality, etc. Wow! And um, there was this this was kind of part of this mm. you know there was this new le- legislation that was that was being passed, and there were these series of attacks and very young people. So I'm talking about the, the age of fifteen, sixteen, were being targeted in in youth chat rooms were being drawn out uh, under the guise of being somebody, a member of the LGBTQ community. I'm also in the same boat as you. Do you want to meet up and talk about this, oh etc.? And they were being drawn out into private places. Attacks were carried out on them. They were filmed and they were uploaded to social media, to Russian social media, uh, by this group. And there was absolutely, seemingly, there was, there was um, very little being done about it. This was kind of being done with impunity by these kind of groups of, uh, I suppose, neo-fascists. Yeah. Um, and I just thought the video was an, a, a platform which we could, listen, this is this is going on in the world. Yeah. It's not getting a huge amount of attention. Also, it, it, you know, these, these kind of cultures can cross borders and they, and they, and they often do and we, and, we, and we see that happen. And I think the world has changed so much in the last three or four mm. or five years. So it, it was, yeah. a, I think it, I felt it was a nice, it was a nice mm. way that we could, we could just draw people's attention to it if we could. And that you did because instantly that video picked up traction and you had, you know, Stephen Fry retweeting it and it was on yeah. the front page of newspapers. I mean, yeah. to go from someone, like you say, who was unsigned, who had had this passion and wanted to create a, a very impactful visual to then be plastered across papers and talked about a lot. Mm. Was that exhilarating or terrifying? Bit of both. Yeah. Uh, bit of both. Uh, it was really, really... Actually, you mentioned Stephen Fry retweeting it, which was um, which gave it a real nice signal boost in the in the early few days of its release, which was really a nice kind of circular moment for me because I I came to allout.org's um, 
uh, work through Stephen Fry. Oh, so, right. So okay. Stephen Fry was tweeting about some, some stuff that AllOut.org was drawing attention to. That's how I learned about what was going on mm. in Russia. And, you know, we made, we made, made that video. And then, you know, a couple of years later, yeah, Stephen Fry gave it a retweet, wow. which was really, really sweet. Um, but yeah, no, terrifying and exhilarating at the same time. But I was green as the grass, like really. Int- so I was essentially, you know, I had dropped out of college and then was idle for a few years and working on how I wanted to make, make this music happen. I had no, um, I had no band when I released that music. It was wow. just, you know, so... Yeah, the cart was kind of before the horse. And you- but that's so interesting that being in that position where, you know, you hadn't been in the music industry to that extent before and you hadn't released a video before, to use your voice in that way I find really fascinating. And it does make you, I guess, kind of the anomaly or certainly very rare in modern music with young people because a lot of the themes that we hear are heartbreak, love, sex. You know, it is all centred around that and it kind of has been historically for you know, popular music. So what drives you to pick those themes? Because I know that the song isn't directly about that, but you mm-hmm. do focus on, you know, shame and, and those sorts of um, mm-hmm. darker emotions on a lot of your tracks. What, what sort of drives you to write in that way? Um, it's, a, it's a tough one. I think there's, there's, a, there's a few reasons. Certainly in the, the decision to do that video was super easy because no one knew who I was. And mm. there, there was a great, there's, there's a great, power in being an underdog in a lot of ways it's a great freedom in being an underdog that no no one you know you've no expectations to to rise to or, or answer to you can you can say you know you can say whatever the heck you you like while you're just coming off the sideline yeah. essentially you know the the other side of it is and i and i do say this with a smile on my face most of my songs are essentially they are love songs and they i might be writing about something else or I might be trying to trying to speak about or credit or reflect some upon something else Albeit through the guise of a love song, and through you know maybe talk about the political through through the lens of the of the personal, but also I just I just don't think the world is a terribly nice place, and sometimes and I and I I have I have always fixated upon what could be better about it than what is what is enjoyable about it, mm. and I think that's more that's a more important thing to be doing. I mean I I love life. Don't get me wrong. I love I love being part of uh, this whole thing going on. But I just think it's I think it's important to credit the actuality of somebody else's suffering. So have you always had that sort of propensity to be empathetic and to sort of you know see other people's pain and 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 connect with it, or for it to resonate with you on that level? Yeah, it maybe in 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 hypotheticals. I wish I was a, a more touchy feely person. I'm not. So I'm not the most. Uh, I'm not the first person who's going to throw an arm around around you and say, you know. Say, but you're um, here. You understand people, and you can connect on that level. I find that brilliant. It's fascinating. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't really. I don't know it myself. I just. Mm. I, I find it. Which your comfort zone, maybe? Yeah. Talking about those subjects. Yeah, yeah. And again, there's there is that thing about being a. Maybe it's easier being a sideliner when you can. I don't, yeah, possibly. Thank God I've never really sat down and analysed it too much. Mm, We're doing it now. This is your chance. But even with, um, off your last EP, Nina Cried Power, so that's that's a a tribute to protest songs of the civil rights movement and the the singers that were involved in that. Again, that's, you know, that's a heavy theme to choose. What, how do you sort of sit down and pick out those themes and what's going to really drive that record or that song and, and create that narrative for you? Yeah. Similarly, I think that song it was written mid-2016, you know, some, sometime around 2016 throughout that year. It was a slow and difficult song to write because you always toe the line or you always kind of uh, 
you always are, are wary of, of the line of, of soapboxing and, and writing something that is far too um, preachy and soapboxy, etc. I just wanted to write something that was hopeful and came from a, a spirit of solidarity. At the time, I felt that some of the more negative aspects of, of human nature were being given a, a 24-hour platform yeah. in kind of mainstream media. Um, th- that of kind of like the othering of, of, of different people, the uh, elements of xenophobia and 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 greed and fear and and fear mongering etc and um, the kind of the old school the old school tropes of just of, of greed and cowardice being kind of being elevated on a, on a, on, a, on a platform twenty four hours um, and viewed albeit yes maybe it for for the public to to criticize if if they want to but but elevated nonetheless and mm. and and being focused upon. I just wanted to write something that that came from a spirit of solidarity and came from came from a tradition of solidarity and looking at at artists from in the twentieth century who wrote naturally about things that they just felt was was worth writing about and stuff yeah. that was important to them and maybe living it and then living it mm-hmm. and in in many ways in far more difficult times in in some ways I just wanted to kind of write something to to that effect um, for me words of hatred whether it's you know, racism or xenophobia or or greed or the kind of solipsism of our of our times or whatever. They have actual real world effects and they have actual you know, they do cascade into something far greater and far harder to address down the line. They have real world effects, they have consequences. But in the same way solidarity and kindness has consequences. Mm-hmm. It has real world consequences and it's serious business. And being good to people has consequences. It's not airy fairy stuff. In the same way that violence and hatred towards people will have a response and have a consequence and, and, and develop a culture. I do genuinely believe that that, that kindness and, and, and solidarity and, and a spirit of, of, of comradeship as well too amongst, amongst people and amongst friends and fellow citizens, whatever way you want to characterise it, I believe that as a consequence as well too and a real world consequence. I, I completely agree with you and I think we can never underestimate the power of words and you know, either whether that be spoken or sung, the power of that and people connecting with that and people that love your music and and love you know the melodies and the feel that it gives them but then hooking into those words and actually you know reinforcing that in their heads is is really important you know with any music that's why I love music you know I'm unfortunate I can't sing or play an instrument but for me the joy comes from being an observer and and having that communion that you speak of being Mm -hmm. able to link in with other people Mm -hmm. through you know hearing about positive things but I also love the fact that you believe that so vehemently that it is you know all about being positive and 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 connected but you're not shying away from the dark side which sometimes in the music industry it can be very let's just talk about all the good stuff or going to the club or whatever it is but actually to look at the the connection but also to not shy away from the heavier stuff that's a very tricky balance to get and one that I'm interested in understanding how you do toe that line and work mm-hmm. out right we're gonna have a perhaps a cheerful melody but we are going to talk about something that is darker or mm-hmm. quite real and uncomfortable at times mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah no definitely it is it, it is tricky and I, I hope whatever offerings I, I make have some adequacy to them and I love don't get me wrong I love popular music and mm. I love I love I love it for its infectiousness and the immediacy of, of, of it as well too. It, it's, it can be so immediately enjoyable, 
you know, let's say if I was to write a, a love song, albeit not with the intention, I don't, I don't sit down with the intention of going, I must write some, some song that, that sparks, uh, you know, notions of empathy and solidarity with, within people. But it, it, it's really just trying to, trying to really, really hone in on, on why it is that we, that we love each other and why it is that, that when, let's say it is a love song, let's say it is a traditional love song, what is it about loving somebody that, 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 what does it bring to you? Mm. What, what is it about this person? What is it that is? And also, I think in, in you know, loving somebody as well, too, is, is a very painful act. And, yeah. You know, and it, it can be very, very painful about what, you know, in, in the way that you're forced to address things about yourself and, and um, what that person brings to yourself, and, you know, etc. And the limitations of yourself mm. and the limitations of 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 love and what what love provides solace to and what what it what it and where those limitations are as well too for me it's it's just nice to try and credit that as as as, mm. as honestly as possible looking at the full spectrum of a situation rather than it is a love song and yeah. that means good times happiness yeah. and have you always been that curious about everyday life situations like falling in love or being isolated have you always wanted to sort of unpick them and try and dig deeper and understand things like that um I don't know. I don't know. I think. I think for me, like in, like anybody else, my, your first experience of falling in love is is quite transformative, mm. and you you reflect upon it for a long, long time. So I I write a lot from from memory as well too, and I I think I think it's just a case of overthinking things. If I you know I think it really truly I think that's where it stems from. If if I I'd probably sleep a lot better. Yes. Uh, you know if if I didn't yeah. So it's it's more it's more that an yeah. overactive mind. Yeah. Mm, I've got one of them. Yeah. Do you find with situations like that, um, whether it be falling in love, being heartbroken, or a social situation that is plaguing you and that you want to help or understand better um is there a sort of catharsis in in that process of writing a song about it and then singing in front of a lot of people about it does that help heal or rectify things that you need to within sometimes i think less so maybe with with singing it to people i, I was always terrified of, of uh, performing the songs live but hearing it back hearing other people sing it back to you that's a really that's a really wonderful experience that mm. I, I can't really that, that I've no other way of describing it to when you when you see other people have invested into the sentiment and resonate with it and are singing it back to you yeah that's a really really I can't even imagine that is like the trippiest thing to experience it, it's like really it's been thought in your head and then <laughs> other people are going oh I know the words to this one I'm going to sing it at you yeah 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 weird yeah it's it is a funny one it's great also when you're singing it and people are singing the wrong words and <laughs> Because then you are thrown off. I've actually yeah, like, found myself. Wait, am I wrong? Are they wrong? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I found myself singing, going, going with them. Wrong. Um, so do you still have that fear of like? Because it is a deeply personal thing. What you're doing, you're writing either something that is, as you say, from memory, like a nostalgic notion that you want to put on paper, or something that you're dealing with in mm-hmm. the now, and then you you're saying it to everyone you know do you still have that fear of i have to say these words and sing them out loud to people i don't know and sort of yeah i i try not think about that all all too much and and i i try to abstract try to abstract things right. quite a bit so I, I would never sing i would never sing directly about about people or a certain event certainly up until this point i don't think i, I really have um so is even, that for your own sanity that you don't do that? Maybe so, yeah. yeah. And also, it's I think it's nice to abstract things a little bit away from the in what is completely personal. Mm. So, like this is only what might only be relevant to me yeah, in my yeah. perfect experience. I have written those songs, 
and there is there's moments in in each of the songs of course they all stem from from personal experience but a character is made or a a, a singer is made or some sort of approximation of myself mm. is made in the song as opposed to this is me singing it but I find that that feeling of catharsis happens more in the writing of it and yeah that's, that's why for me writing is very very kind of private um thing I do away I can't I, I don't really write with other writers or um all that often for me it's I need space and time and peace and quiet and stuff like that because it mm. is something you sit with and you're sitting with yourself and you're kind of you're you're throwing around these ideas that eventually there is a feeling of trying to just reconcile with with your own human experience and, mm. and your own limitations etc i find that fascinating hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And, you know, to talk to you now, I've been lucky enough to interview you a few times and you are a very sort of calm, considered person. But then when you're on stage, there is this like ferocious energy that comes out of you. Is that like you're sort of exercising some kind of emotion or something that needs to come out? What is that feeling for you when you're on stage and you're, you know, you're belting out and you're kind of, you look like you're in your own world and no one else is watching. Like, what is that feeling that comes up? Um, that's just me concentrating on not messing. It's just, um, <laughs> I wish I looked like that. I look like I was <laughs> constipated when I'm doing that rather than sort of passionately ferocious about the project. No, no, not at all. Um, Part of it is maybe just because the the songs are hard to sing. I, yeah. I'm constantly writing songs and regretting that I that I'm writing them because <laughs> they are they're quite. You need to make them easier yeah. and just chill out about that stage performance. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. So some, sometimes that's that's because the songs just require a lot of energy to sing mm. them. But I don't know. I, I I never really thought about myself as a as a performer. I don't think. Really? Yeah. Quite I, interesting. Yeah. So what do you think of yourself predominantly as a writer? And then that bit is just you have to tag on at the end. Sort of. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm, I'm coming to it. And I, I just never really worked, especially in the first tour. This is now I'm, I'm being very honest. I never saw myself as a, a performer and certainly or certainly a performer's performer or, or a frontman. Wow. Like definitely not. Especially, I just consider myself quite an awkward dude up there. But um, <laughs> genuinely, I'm a very like, you know, I'm all limb and bone. Like, Isn't I'm all, it funny you know. because what it's so interesting what you feel as an individual and what you're experiencing when on the outside everyone's going, wow, confidence, right. stage presence, charisma. And inside you're going, God, I'm an awkward, <laughs> very tall human. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah, you never, it never leaves you. I'm no. sure everyone's the same. But I like understanding that because then you can look at your heroes and think oh maybe they're not feeling as confident out there as they actually look we're all going through these complex emotions and figuring it out yeah i I find that fascinating and with that first album especially with the impact of take me to church there was so much hysteria and attention and love around that album how did you make that transition from someone that was in that sort of solitary space of writing and figuring things out to then everyone wanting a bit of you and being dragged from pillar to post was that an uncomfortable experience or or again was it something that just was a bit of a novelty yeah again it's a little bit of both yeah it's a, it's a bit of a novelty you know it's it's like 
maybe it feels like a silly hat that you're wearing for for a bit of time mm. you know what i mean um just because you you are this this uh yeah it is it was kind of anomalous in it, in its own little way it w- it was quite an unlikely hit and um, i was you know it definitely felt like a like a bit of a uh, an outsider like in not in 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 a lot of ways but yeah there was especially in those those first couple of years um you're kind of doing the billboard awards and stuff like that it's it's a bit it's a bit crazy and you feel a little bit outside of it and i think i i kept grounded i had friends with me in in people who were on the road with me that's were so important that, yeah i think it, re- it really is and um yeah i think it really is and I, I remember seeing other musicians who were in similar positions who were just having their their explodey years you know their blow-up years i think it's really important to have a grounding presences with you i did it helps i had irish crew with me and you know you you know famously good at, at keeping you grounded um, so <laughs> a good slap down to her needed. where they needed yeah and i'd you know i'd i'd Alex Ryan, that's my my bass player. I've known him since college, and he was the earliest person who started playing my music with me. Um, that that really helps, and it's it's then then you can you can stand away from you have yourself, and then you have what other people are projecting onto you, and how other people view you, etc. And it's nice to stand away from that, and also laugh at that. You know, you're about to release your second album, beginning of March. Mm-hmm. How, again, are you different? How have you changed as an artist and how you think about your work? And and, and also now you know people are listening. First time around, you didn't know. So you've yeah. got that liberation and that freedom to do what you like. This time, you know you've got a platform. Is there therefore more pressure to use that platform wisely? Because you're not making flippant pop music as much as we both might love that and, and appreciate where the place that it has but you know that that you need to use your voice and you want to talk about things that are important to you and that might create a positive change or bring attention to a subject so how do you deal with that pressure and do you write differently knowing that um yeah it's 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 a tricky one there's a there's a few things i think maybe you you as you get older you're you're i don't want to say less eager to impress but you're just more comfortable with being who you are and, and yeah. being, being what you're about and maybe I'm, I'm enjoying exploring exploring my own music to kind of in a, in a way that is that that I can enjoy it. You know what I mean? And and so there's a lot of songs on this record that are a bit more fun, a bit more rhythmic as well too, albeit still dealing with sometimes quite quite dreadful scenarios. Like so, what what sort of subjects have you really honed in on this one? Then? Um, so it's kind of two minutes to to midnight on the doomsday clock is 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 the, is the best way i can describe right. it. so and which is something that happened in in 2016 i don't know if you're familiar with the doomsday clock is like this symbolic um large clock and they, they actually they, they bring it out as this kind of scientific conference and it's a this kind of um consensus between all scientific uh the scientific community and experts around the world and they decide look how 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 close we are as as a global community towards a a um catastrophic uh a catastrophic um maybe existential threat to civilization as we know mm, it we're close yeah yeah mm. so whether whether that's nuclear nuclear threat etc at the time there was talk of rockets flying there was all sorts of kind of flippant chat about <laughs> nuclear threats i don't mm. mean to laugh it was just politically it was a really really weird time mm. um and then also there was, you know, some of the most powerful administrations in the world, let's say, in, in charge of the, the environmental protection elements of those administrations yeah. were climate change deniers, etc. Yeah. And ex, 
uh, oil company CEOs or, or whatever. Um, interesting, interesting times. Anyway, so like two minutes to midnight on on the doomsday clock. I think it was moved forward from three minutes to two, which was an, which was a kind of one of those symbolic moments. That's just context for for some of the attitude that 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 seems to be in the album and it wasn't intentional i just wrote i just had so many ideas in my head from the road from being on the road for two years i had a phone full of hundreds of memos and sketch like books full of little scribbly notes here and there wrote about 15 16 20 songs maybe more or you know wrote more than that demoed maybe 20 and just just felt like look this there is um a lot of the vibes they just managed to have yeah they were love songs or yeah they were songs about whatever they were about mm. some are love songs some are not um but albeit there's always something outside that's mm. that's looming um, yeah sleepless nights thinking about donald trump yeah, really yeah firing up that second album yeah exactly yeah so there's just this this kind of looming sense of, of doom there's a song that the album is named after called wasteland baby which is just this kind of nearly it's a it's like a it's nearly just a yielding to um a kind of a wasteland of our times and 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 um imagines this 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 scenario of of the end of the world in no metaphorical sense in in a quite a literal way but albeit in quite a tongue-in-cheek way and i like that's why i i I do say this that there is a wry smile to much of the work so wasteland baby is literally just you know um it's just this kind of uh, this kind of little folk ditty, very whistleable. I have to say, it's like one of the cheeriest melodies I've ever written, um, uh, and it's just about look, the end, the world is ending, and it's a kind of a squeeze of the hand. It's just like look, if it's just you and me, and look, we can. Um, it's just imagining the world ending in different scenarios, but look what what will be what will be romantic and beautiful about that in the last few moments that we have together. Cheery. So yeah, it's it's always trying to reach for even and that's the extremity of it, trying to yeah, reach yeah, for yeah, the, yeah. the warm center of kind of, of 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 human of humanity during an apocalypse during yeah. its final. Yeah. Um, but that's what you do so well is marrying a very difficult subject to swallow with an amazing melody. Do you ever find it annoying when people are just really enjoying the music? Oh, I love that Hosier album. It's so great, but they haven't actually connected with the subject matter or the lyrics. Does that irritate you or do you not care? I don't. I don't. In a weird way, I, in a weird way, I kind of think that's great because mm. if somebody doesn't know, I, if somebody is dancing or singing or whistling to a melody, again, this just, this is just speaks to my messed upness um, <laughs> and they don't know it's about it's something that is as messed up as it is mm. uh, I think there's something really wonderful about that yeah I think in the it's same, quite funny yeah in the same way not in the same way we, we sing Ring Around a Rosie true and, and there is this kind of there's a whole other layer to it mm. um, I just I just I think that is the song is even more interesting as a result of that. Mm. You know? If you are writing about something that is more personal I know you've kind of created this almost sort of body armour that protects you from being too in the moment about it or or too personal about it. But if it is something that sways more towards the personal and away from cultural, social situations, is it easier to write a song about it rather than sit with the person you might be thinking about and say it or talking about something to a friend? Do you find that a medium that helps you actually lock into feelings that are tricky to discuss in everyday life uh, may, maybe so um maybe so i think i i do have a tendency i think it's a personal failing on, on my part um to to view things that i'm 
that yeah I'm passionate about but I'm, I'm like bit scared of yeah 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 a little bit little, yeah a bit a bit, a bit arm's length kind of thing <laughs> um so yeah um yeah I, I can't I can't really speak to that all, all that much but possibly I think it's I think it's easier to again it's a sideliner thing it's like it's it's easier to to write about these things in theory and mm. to to especially when it comes to like intimacy it's and whatever else like there the could be a love song it could be about could be a song about solidarity and yeah i say that but of course i, I show up to marches and i i, I do what i can as a, as a, as a citizen at home etc but like you say you, you you know you do you do show up and you do you know you are very active in the communities that you want to support but it maybe is more towards the the personal and the things that relate to you that 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 maybe so yeah maybe yeah. so i also feel like I, I've, I can do far more with I, I've, not that it's a comfort zone thing but i can actually achieve more maybe in in the making of of music than, yeah. than i can you know what i mean uh, or it is a it is a there is a there is a vehicle there that i that i can yeah you're instantly connecting with people that Possibly. that like what you do and they're going to listen to what you're saying hopefully so i don't know well no without a doubt um what is the writing process for you like how does a song manifest do, you know are you one of those people that you're you know on the loo and then all of a sudden this song appears or, or is it a, a science and a, an alchemy that you need to actually sit and, and conjure up in special conditions um i think it's different i think it's different for everybody i'm sure and i don't think there's any right or wrong way to, no. to write a song you know um and it is that old thing like like some some songs could literally like you could have a number one hit that's written in 20 minutes yeah and it's you, so often the way isn't it like on the Beatles hits or whatever they oh we just did one take and it took us five minutes to write it yeah totally mm. I think there's, there's some famous quote about Bob Dylan talking about one of his most famous songs and it took him 25 minutes to write wow and Leonard Cohen talking about again either Hallelujah or one of his, his oh most God. famous works that took him over a year so it's it, you know and Take Me to Church I would say took me I had ideas rattling around in my pockets for years for that song, maybe a year, you know, wow. um, just because a lyrical a lyrical theme may not find a home for a long time. But for me, again, it's peace and quiet. And it's just it starts with with the kind of the center of the song or what is whether that's a couplet, whether that is like a rhyming couplet or a, a f- you know, four lines or two lines. Um, and it, it doesn't even need to be need to be that it could just be. That there is there is there is a there is a center or a central idea to the song that that justifies its existence, and then from there you kind of flesh out its its whatever shape it's it's going to take. You know? And that sort of nucleus is, is does that start as an emotion or is it a lyric or how what, how does that form? Often, oftentimes a lyric. I find this is more often than not. Sometimes you know songs can just can just it could be a progression or a melody played on on an instrument or. Um, but oftentimes that that kind of nucleus is a is a uh, is a rhyming couplet or a, or a series of lines that might change and might differ, but they carry with them um, a a sentiment or a or a feeling or an image or whatever in its kind of rawest, yeah. most basic basic form, mm. and something that I have found uh, I have found maybe moves me a little bit, or just I'm like, oh, that you know. Um, that 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 kind of scratches something, you know what I mean? So it's that, quite that a visceral experience. Like what? So I mean, that must feel amazing. That must feel so good to go. These four lines. That is quite special. I'm physically feeling something. Bingo. That is 
what a treat that it, must feel like it is it, I promise you it is the best and most rewarding part mm. of the job and it's like no matter what yeah gigging is gigging and crowds are crowds and that's amazing for me you know that's creating you know yeah. you're, and there there is when something forms I'm, I'm sure you're the same in in when 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 an idea is coming to fruition when it's kind of in this kind of embryonic state that is it, it has it's it's kind of it's just coming to to realness when there's mm. something that you've conceived of and you can you can feel and see that it's coming to realness and um, it is it is it's forming an, an itness of itself that it is this is a thing now that is the most rewarding that's the most rewarding experience yeah, yeah. quite addictive like you want to keep doing like how do you do that again how do you reinvent that feeling mm-hmm. that's because re- i i probably get it on a lesser level but if i'm writing or even like working out the flow of how a conversation might go there is like a it is more of, of a visceral experience like you you can feel it rather than that looks right. That sounds right. It is that tapping into that sort of emotional yeah. expression of it. Um, you seem very, I don't know if it's the word confident, but you certainly, like, you know what you want to do. Like, you know the themes you want to talk about. You know the music you want to make. You know how you, and also the fact that you've taken, what, how many years to get this album out, which I love that you have not rushed this album. And I'm sure there was a pressure upon you to do so and to like, come on, we need the next album. And you obviously have been very considered in your approach to how you've made this this new record. Do you mimic that in your actual life, like your everyday life? Do you have that same confidence in in decision making and and following a, a route and your and your instinct? No, <laughs> not at all. No, um, I get made fun of actually quite a bit on on in the by members of the band ordering ordering uh, anything in a restaurant <laughs> it's just it's an ordeal it's an ordeal i'll i'll turn to the i'll turn to the waiter and 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 ask for his opinion on, on you know everything is this tagliatelle adequate yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell me um um but uh yeah i i i would i would love to say i would love to say i would love to say yes but not at all and i think um I kind of, for me, I've I've managed. The work is is always the most important thing, and it's it's nice that I'm. I, I know what I'm about. Maybe when, in the approach of the work and stuff, and and I I it's that's easy for me because I I'm not viewing it. It it I'm not viewing it as kind of like what must be done now with the work. I'm kind of thinking, like in in the long in the long run, uh, I'm trying to look look beyond myself. It's more kind of like. I just want to leave behind work, you know what I mean? That is that is nice enough and that people will appreciate along the way and hopefully, please God, people can appreciate after you're gone. That's that's more important that's more important to me. I, I think we we only have a few few moments on this earth and it's just I just want to make stuff that is that is uh meaningful to some people and and hopefully is found, is, is can be found uh, to be some kind of beautiful offering or some kind of adequate offering. And I, I do mean that. I do mean that in a kind of because you know you just you want it to you want it to, to be um, yeah something that that's that's worthy. That's that's why it's the, approaching the work is easy easy for me. Um, the rest, yeah, I don't I like. Yeah, I wish I wish I functioned as well in actual life as I as I do in, in writing songs, but I, sadly it's not the case. I think it's quite prevalent in a lot of creative people that oh, you have messes. that steer, but Mu- in life it's like musicians are absolute messes. I don't know, like <laughs> they are just ridiculous. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's quite remarkable. Yeah. Well, you're certainly creating an amazing legacy and I know that you're sort of early days in what you want to achieve in that sense but my god you've made a massive impact already and 
and thank, thank congratulations you. on the second album as well. Thanks very much. Like I had a really nice a success with the first album, and but it's not a career, and you know, two albums isn't a career either. So I just I just really want to. Have, for me, it's it's about where I'll be in thirty years' time, forty mm. years' time. Hopefully, still be able to make music. So. Oh my god, without a doubt. Let's both do this again in thirty years when we're grey yeah. and wizened <laughs> and you know yeah. worked out more stuff. Thank you so much, really Hosea. D- it's been a joy talking to you. Today. Really enjoyed it. Really, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much to Hosier for letting me into his studio and his headspace. I really hope that you enjoyed that too. Now, next week in the last of the series, we meet Olympian Victoria Pendleton. It's about being human and looking at the ocean. There will always be something there that fills you with kind of wonder and you're impressed by it, the, the sort of the force. You can't beat it. Get that as soon as it drops when you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and others. There are just two weeks left now until the London Happy Place Festival, which I can't believe. Ah, um, It's packed full of workshops, talks and fun times. Guests include Russell Brand, Dame Kelly Holmes, Joe Wicks, Rylan, Reggie Yates, Katie Piper and more. I'm absolutely thrilled. Get your tickets from happyplacefestival.com and I really hope to see your smiling face there. A big thank you to Hosier, to the producer Matt Hill at Rethink Audio, and to you for listening. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.